Welcome to Local SEO Today. On this podcast, John Fong interviews business professionals and entrepreneurs in many fields to uncover challenges and successes in business ownership. Our goal is to provide you with insights into the entrepreneurship journey and give you tips and advice from real experience. Brought to you by Local SEO Search based in Toronto, Canada. Thanks for tuning in to Local SEO Today. Don't forget to subscribe and share this episode. My guest today is Kim Addis. She is the president and founder of Frame of Mind Coaching and Journal Engine Software. Kim is an author, speaker, entrepreneur, coach, and mother of five. So thanks for joining me today, Kim. Thank you. I'm so, so happy to be here. So I'm, I'm ex- yeah, I'm excited to learn a little bit about yourself because that mother of five thing. Yeah, like, I know. Crazy, wow. right? <laughs> Crazy. So yeah. tell uh, some of the listeners a little bit about yourself, how you became who you are, how you started with your company, um, maybe go further back as to like how you got into the career that you're in right now. Okay. So I'm a serial entrepreneur, like literally when I was uh, little, very little, uh, my family used to go to Cape Cod with all our friends and relatives. And I used to sell massages on the beach and I used to make like $2 for five minutes. And way back then that was like, wow, I was raking it in. Right. So I always had an entrepreneurial spirit. Uh, when I uh, graduated with an undergraduate degree in psychology, I started a balloon business and we used to decorate people's halls for their weddings, their engagement parties, their any any event. We would wake up super early Saturday morning with our trunk full of helium and balloons and ribbon and we would go in and we'd you know decorate five, six halls a day. So I, I always had it in me to be an entrepreneur. After that, I had another company. I used to build simulation-based assessments. And that the purpose of that company was to help uh, larger companies hire more effectively, make better hiring decisions through their selection, their recruiting, and their training. And so it was actually then that I started to understand what actually is the difference between a top performer and somebody else, right? Because we tested so many people with our simulations. We collected tons of data and we started to understand that, you know, in different industries, different strengths are required. But there was one data point that was really, really important that stood out over and above everything else. And that was that if a person had a high degree of emotional resilience, they would be more likely to succeed in any field, in any industry, in any career. And so that was a little bit of a backdrop for me. And I ended up running that company for 10 years. I sold my shares and I got hired by a coaching company very quickly after that. And they hired me to do their marketing, like VP of marketing. I lasted eight and a half months because I'm not designed to work for someone else. I'm an entrepreneur, true and through and true, or however the expression, through and through, that's the expression. And while I was there, I was observing how they did their coaching. And I thought to myself, I think you're doing it wrong. I think I could do a better job. Fast forward, frame of mind coaching, we coach 
like the seriously driven individuals of the world, the leaders, the entrepreneurs, the executives, the C-suite. And I created a method of coaching and it's been 16 years. That's a short story. That's amazing. And obviously during that time, you had five children and um, well, you're, you're to also, fair, okay. to be fair, to be fair, I had two kids. I got okay. married very young. Okay. Uh, and then I got divorced. I had two kids. Then I got remarried with a man who had three kids oh, uh, full time, full, full custody of his kids. So when we got married, his three kids moved in with mine, with us. And so it's been a household with five kids for many, many years now. Amazing. Well, that, it's a blended household and it's obviously it's worked for you, right? It works. Um, and, and I love the fact that you're a local uh, podcaster yourself and business owner. So you're That's not right. too far away from me and you're in Toronto. So I love connecting with local people here, which is Canadians. Yes, it's so it's not that um, frequent to meet other Canadians who are in the podcasting world. It's so true. Exactly. So tell us a little bit about, um, I, I know you mentioned about that Cape Cod business that you started um, <gasps> early days, but did you have like your parents, like how did you become an entrepreneur? Like were there your siblings? Did you look up to people early days? Like what motivated you to do what you did? You know what? I, I mean, yes, my father uh, started a business and ran it. My brother took it over. So yes, we have a lot of entrepreneurial blood in our family. But when I started my first business, forget the Cape Cod thing, because I was eight, you know, uh, but when I first started my, my balloon business, I was like 20 something, 22, 20, yeah, around there, even 21. Um, and what happened before I started that business is I worked at a store that uh, it was a balloon store and they did balloon decorating on the weekends. And they asked me to make cold calls, call up people. At, well, it wasn't exactly cold, but people we knew who were getting married and see if they wanted balloon decorations for their weddings. And I was able to just secure a whole bunch of appointments. And I'm like, wow. This is not hard. I can do this. That's awesome. Right? And so I thought, why, why not do it for myself? So it wasn't like when I was young, I thought I'm going to own a business. I didn't think that way at all. When I was young, all I wanted to do, like literally if somebody asked me is I want to help people, whatever that looks like, I don't know. Amazing. I didn't know I would end here. I didn't know it would be my own business. Like that was not my driver, just how things unfolded. Amazing. But I love to hear that you actually got into the market, learned about these industries and saw opportunity gaps, right? Where that business owner didn't do it as well, or you thought there would be better ways, more efficient, um, take care of the clients better, whatever it is, right? Um, and then you want to add more value, right? And that's why you got into these little entrepreneurial you know, businesses. Well, so here's, I mean, if we're going to go back to the balloon business. So what I discovered was I was really great at selling balloon decorations yeah. for people's events, but I actually knew nothing about balloon decorating because mm. I never decorated a hall in my life. Yeah. Not once. 
So what happened was like, I, I called up a friend. I'm like, Hey, can I decorate your room? Like your husband's having a birthday. Can I, you know, can we, so that we could take pictures? She's like, sure. That would be fantastic because we had nothing to show anybody. When yeah. you, when you sell decorations, you have to say, Hey, I could do this for you. You have to show a picture. We had zero pictures. I remember the first time we met with a woman who was getting married. She's like, well, what can you do for me? I literally took a piece of paper and a pen and I drew it out for her. I'm like, That's here's amazing. what we could do. Cause I had nothing to show. So when you have nothing to show, you have to get creative yeah. and find a way to communicate what's possible. And, and so, you know, that was then when I started my coaching business, I never coached anybody before, right? Like it was my first time and I had a whole bunch of fears. So I had to figure out how to overcome those fears as well. Amazing. Yeah. I love the, you know, drive that you had and without much experience, I would say it's all about like the will to actually win them over. Right. And actually do something about it. Uh, because that's the biggest fear for a lot of entrepreneurs, right? They're fearful of what people are going to say, what they think of others. Right. But if you actually just go and do something, you're so much further ahead and it's okay to make mistakes, right? Because that's a part of entrepreneurship, right? B being a business owner, you're making mistakes daily, multiple times time. a day, right? All the time. And all if, the you're, time, if time. you're not, you're gonna, not going to be learning, right? Or growing as a, a business owner. So I love hearing that. Yeah, um, for sure. So did your parents or your dad um, who had a business, did he teach you much about like how to run a business? You like, know, I'll, I'll tell you my parents. Uh, so my mom, so my parents are from Egypt. Okay. And um, my mother had a high school education and she got a job in a bank as a secretary mm -hmm. when she first came to Canada. And she actually didn't know anything about being a secretary. She typed on a typewriter with two fingers, but she was determined yeah. and yeah. she worked her way up and became a bank manager. And my dad had his business and he started a business and my siblings were older than me. So they moved out. And by, as I was growing up, I was the only one at home with my parents. And I remember dinner conversations and the dinner conversations went something like this. My mother would come home from a long day at the bank yeah. and she would sit down at the table and she would say, my customers love me. And in my head, I thought, I want my customers to love me too. Yeah. And they just talked about not so much entrepreneurship or anything. They talked about how they interacted with people. They talked about how they dealt with problems. They talked about how, like, I remember one time early on in my mother's career, she became a manager and she noticed that her, the tellers were smoking and she knew it wasn't good for them. So she took them aside and said, you shouldn't be smoking. And in the day, it was okay for managers to tell their employees what to do. Now, not so much, right? But <laughs> her approach was really to, to, to be a mother to everybody yeah. and to, to wrap her arms around everybody and to shower them with warmth, with care, with kindness, with generosity. So I learned from their behaviors. I learned from how they interact with people more than anything. Like if I, if I look at my father, he was the guy who would bring two people in a room who were in a fight and he, he'd facilitate uh, 
you know, a conversation so that they could make up and be friends again. You know, so I learned these things from them. Yeah. And I think reading people, being aware, and it's all about like relationships, it sounds like, right? Like when you actually care, people will feel it, know it and want to be a part of it, right? But they can tell if you're superficial or if you're trying too hard, or if you actually aren't genuine, right? Or exactly. authentic or raw, or there's so many other things. Like I've, I've been in sales all my life. And for me, it's just reading people, understanding these subtle nuances. And I've learned by working with so many people, having so many interactions from phone calls to real life examples from business owners, you know when you know, right? And if they're interested or not, or if you want to actually want to help people, of that kind of uh, per- personality type or whatnot. So exactly. So and, and you get good at really listening. Yes. You're listening for tone, you're listening exactly. for when they pause, you're listening to really understand what they feel, what they think, where they're coming from. So you're not listening just to figure out the next thing you're going to say, you're really listening to understand truly where they're coming from and what they're trying to tell you. Exactly. So growing up, um, was there like a a job or where you wanted to be or who who you wanted to become? Um, What did that look like for you? Honestly, like, I I don't know. I was like the kid in high school where all the different groups would come, like they would seek me out for advice. You know, I was that kid because I was very neutral. I was part of all the groups, but part of none of the groups. So they would have, you know, it's very funny, actually. Um, many years ago, when I was a teenager, uh, my, my parents got me my own phone line at home, which was, wow. you know, a it's real a privilege, <laughs> right? And I was literally on the phone every day, all day. I'd come home from school and the phone calls would begin one after the other, one after the other, one after the other. I was talking to my friends about their issues, you know, the, <laughs> the people, you know, whatever was going on. And I thought to myself at the time, wow, imagine if I could have a job like this. <laughs> and now look at 20 years phone, later. <laughs> I'm on the phone all day, every day, like, or Zoom calls or whatever. Nothing has changed. Wow, that's amazing. So, you know, what did I want? I wanted to have a highly interactive career where I could really talk to people. That's, That's awesome. where I ended up. That's amazing. And I love the fact to, that everyone came to you, right? So it's like, you're the, you know, consultant, mentor, coach, everyone, everything that you are living right now, that's exactly uh, what you wanted and got paid for it right now, right? 100%. So, I was amazing. like the voice of reason, the one who was, you know, uh, calm <laughs> that's in the awesome. middle of the storm. Yeah. So during the careers that you've had in terms of like, you know, pivoting from these different balloon business to, you know, this coaching or whatnot, um, was there, you know, things that changed? Like, did you have mentors, coaches? Did you have people that guided you um, to, or did you go to like mastermind classes? Like, how did you? I did it all. Okay. I did it all. Like you name it, I did it. Okay. Any kind of class, any kind of leadership development. When I, again, going back to high school, I don't know why I'm talking about high school so much. I was on students council and they invited me to leadership 
um, weekends, we leadership retreats. I felt very special because I was invited, but that's where it all started. That's it exposed awesome. me to thinking about my capacity in a higher way. It, you know what? The minute that you're invited to a leadership retreat and they call you, you're a leader is the minute you say, hmm, maybe I am a leader. I have to start thinking like a leader. And so you start trying things on. The minute someone labels you some way is the minute you go, does that apply to me? Can it apply to me if it's positive? Right. And so I was engaged from a very young age. And so I did all the programs, all of them. I can't tell you how many coaches I've had in the span of my life. Um, How many, you know, um, seminars, workshops, conferences. I, I did it all. Did it all. That's wicked. Yeah. Like, I love hearing that because um, your mindset has changed now that you are a part or you've tried everything and being exposed because um, I come from, you know, Hamilton, not too far from Toronto, but my parents are from Vietnam, right? So we didn't have much growing up. We didn't know the language. You didn't know people. So we didn't have the exposure of knowing what to do, how to do it, where to go, how do you seek advice, and that peer group of influence from either family or friends or people of significance actually can guide you. So learning this, hearing it from you, these are things I'm trying to embrace and share with my child, because more exposure, the better, so that they can live a more well-balanced life and they have choices right as opposed to pigeonhole yourself to you have to be an engineer or you have to be a doctor because back at home that's what everyone wanted you to become right Right, exactly (laughs) so So you're 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 expanding their horizons and giving them access to everything that's available speaking of vietnam i was there in february right before everything hit um, it was such a beautiful experience. We loved it. Loved Amazing. it. Loved it. Yeah. I, I brought my mom two years ago back to Vietnam. I went to Saigon and I didn't, I, I did Hanoi, I believe. Um, but I didn't go to Ho- uh, North. Maybe Hanoi is North. Um, so I, I did the middle part. Um, but I also did a tour with my mom. It was great. My first time going back to Vietnam with my mom um, since the war. So wow. it was it was a great experience for sure. Um, but yeah, like for me, it's all about living life in your terms and with experiences, right? More than buying stuff. And what it seems like is you are all about relationships, right? You uh, love communicating and talking to people. And that's your passion now, right? And helping others. And that's why I found a lot of entrepreneurs to really hold, like they actually care. They really want to help. And the more you give, the more you're going to get in return without expecting anything in return. Um, yeah, I, I'll tell you, like I, I train people to coach. So um, I, I run a coaching company, but I have a team of coaches that work alongside me. They work for, for my company. And one of the biggest messages that I deliver when I teach them how to coach is this. Every time you coach someone else, you are the first beneficiary. You're the first one who receives a gift. When you coach someone else, the person you're coaching receives a gift too, but you're the first one who receives a gift. So every time I coach someone else, I'm the one receiving growth. I'm the one experiencing growth. So it, it sounds backwards, but that's exactly what happens. When I 
am bestowed the privilege of coaching someone else, I'm the first one who grows. Yeah. And I think that's a big thing, like being grateful and understanding like what is going on. Like it's not, yes, it's a two way street where, you know, you expect something in return, but you're also wanting to learn as much as possible and grow and evolve. Right. And don't take anything for granted because as you know, during this pandemic, a lot of people are suffering. So for me, it's like, you know, we, we want to help wherever we can. And yeah, grow together, right? Yes. Um, so I want to get back into your business. And I wanted to find out a little bit about some of the biggest challenges or mistakes that you've kind of had, while the 16 years of growth <laughs> on your uh, coaching business has, uh, have, have you seen because I'm only seven years into my business. And I make so many mistakes all the time. I, I'm challenged all the time, right? With what's going on competition wise and pivoting and all that stuff. So um, would you be able to share with the audience? Of course, of course. So I'll take you back to 16 years ago. How's that? Sure. So, so that my, my greatest challenge started then because when I decided to become a coach, I had no coaching experience. Yeah. I just had an idea of what coaching could look like and why it would be different than all other coaching programs. So I'll give you a little bit of a piece for that. In a lot of coach, like coaching by and large is designed to help people reach their goals, right? And the way that a lot of coaches do it, especially 16 years ago, was that they helped a person create a plan, let's call it a business plan, some kind of plan, a life plan. And then they broke that plan down into manageable components and held people accountable to getting all the things done. And I saw this and I thought to myself, people know what they're supposed to do, but they're not doing it. So the question is why? What's actually getting in the way? It's not the plan that's missing. It's the execution that's missing. And does holding people accountable actually work in the long run or does it hurt in the long run? And so I thought to myself, you know what, if I could help people move whatever it is that's stopping them from taking action, if I could help them move that out of the way, now we're talking, now I'm putting them on the runway so that there are no bumps on the road and they can easily take off. So I decided to create my company with that premise in mind. Instead of focusing on all the things they need to do and holding them accountable, instead of all that, why don't I help them move whatever it is out of the way so that they could really succeed? So that's when I started for my coaching, except I never coached anybody. I didn't know what I was really doing. So I decided from the get-go, I wanted to be the kind of coach that left a massive impact, that made a big difference. And so I thought, how do I get into people's heads? How do I really understand what they think, what they feel, what they feel about themselves, how they view the world. And so I decided from the very beginning that I would ask them to journal in an online journal, but that I could see their journal. So I could see what they're telling themselves, right? I was always a journaler ever since I was a child. And that's where your most private thoughts go. Well, what if I could access people's private thoughts? That would be interesting. And I could see that some of people's private thoughts are really not helpful, are really you know, getting in their way. But still, I didn't know what I was doing. Right. So 
way back then I had done a lot of work in the real estate industry. So I reached out to a friend of mine who used to work at Royal LePage. Uh, she was uh, the VP there. And I said, Hey, I have this idea for coaching. It's very different from anything you've seen out there, but I need people to coach. She said, I have people. I said, great. And I got a group of five people to start coaching with me. Now, why did I start with a group? Because I was terrified to coach an individual. Because I thought to myself, what the heck am I going to talk about for a whole hour? That's too long. But if I coach a group of people and everyone talks for five or 10 minutes, then the hour will pass. And then I'll be done, (laughs) right? So I'm sharing with you some of the feelings I had, some of the insecurity I had, some of the self-doubt I had. Sure. And, and on top of that, I thought, what if they ask me real estate questions and I don't know the answers? So you know what I did? I hired a guy to coach with me, someone who was a real estate coach, a traditional real estate coach. So and let me tell you this. The first time I ever coached, I called it a pilot session. I charged everybody $100 for 10 weeks of coaching. And I paid this guy $1,000. So do the math. Five people. 500, uh, sorry, $100 each. I earned $500 and I paid $1,000 for my education, right? He was my backup plan. But very shortly after that, I learned that they didn't want his kind of coaching. They wanted my kind of coaching. And that being able to read people's journals gave me a tremendous amount of insight about how people were wired, what people felt was important, what their beliefs were. And I discovered that I had a system that I created that was really powerful. And then slowly after that, I started coaching people one-on-one. And the first guy I ever coached one-on-one, when I started coaching him, I was still scared because it was, you know, still one hour with one person once a week. And every time I spoke to him, he said, I hate you. And I was so happy that he would tell me that because that meant I was making a difference. I was cracking him open. I was hitting all the right spots. That guy is a coach on my team now from over 15 years ago. That's He's awesome. been with me all those years. I, I love that story. It, it seems like you make such a big impact in what you do and you, you're very passionate, right? You very. love what you do. So it, it sounds like this is your calling. This is where you're meant to be. Um, So in terms of these mistakes, I mean, it's not really mistakes because it's more about like the the growth, right? It's all about like, yes, you got to pay for your education. You either work for someone, which you did as well, but you got to pay to learn that you don't want to be that kind of coach, right? So these are things that you have to learn as a business owner to really mold your agency or business to target your type of client that you want to be known as, right? And figure out the processes, services that you want to attend to. But it seems like you've done a great job over the years to attract good employees and really cultivate good uh, clients as well. Well, we have amazing clients and amazing coaches. So here's the interesting thing. We have a team of coaches. Every single one of those coaches was a client first. So they went through the coaching process. They felt uh, a personal transformation. They felt like this was really impactful 
And so they said, how do I learn how to become a coach? And so early on, people started to say, how do you do this? How do you how do you coach? And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. I'm just doing it. Right. I had no idea. And then when they forced me to teach them, I realized that there was a method, there was a philosophy, there was a process, there was a logic, there was an approach that was consistent from client to client. And only when I was forced to teach it, did I uncover what it is that I did naturally. That's awesome. So how, um, is there advice that you can give someone that's kind of starting off, like maybe one to three years into their business, um, where you've kind of grown over the many, many years, um, what would you tell that entrepreneur um, in terms of like how, how to effectively run their business? So I would tell them a few things. Uh, first of all, I would say try a lot of things, pilot a lot of things. Like it doesn't mean you have to like jump into the deep end with everything, but try a lot of things. You know, I can't tell you how many things I've tried over the span of my my career and how many of those things have failed. But when you try, you also find what works. So try a lot of things. Don't be afraid to try and don't be afraid to fail. A fail doesn't mean you're the failure. A failure means this trial was a failure. Go on to the next. Like think about it as, you know, figuring out what drugs are going to work. You're going to fail a lot of times before you're going to find your success. So when you have a failure, the word you need to use is next, next, keep going, right? So try a lot of things. I will also say, don't be afraid to be bold. Like reach out to people who you think will never respond. Like do those things, try those things, raise your hand. Like don't sit in the shadows. If you're really a business owner and you want your business to grow, you cannot afford to lay low. You can't. You have to try some bold things, things that other people will say, wow, that's crazy. Right. Like that's not going to work. When somebody says that's not going to work, that's the thing you need to do. Amazing. Right. So like be bold and be okay if your bold move doesn't work. Doesn't matter. Do, Do the next one. So, I mean, my experience is also that a lot of people think when they're starting a business, they have to shut everything down. There's no income and they have to like jump off a cliff into the big, vast land of no income. And the truth is that there are transition processes that are available. You don't have to go, go from all to nothing. You can do it in a safe way and you can slowly grow. At one point, you're going to have to shut one thing off and start another, but that doesn't have to happen overnight. Yeah, I, I love the just do things. I'm a big advocate of go out there, tr- make mistakes, go out there, try it, because these are all unknowns, right? You can hear about it, read about it, let other people talk about it. But until you're doing it yourself, that's when you really experience the, the you know, failures or mistakes or, um, you know, the wins, right? Because you don't know if you're going to be successful if you don't try, right? And go exactly. out and do something. Exactly. So I love Like that. even now, even today, I have recently tried something new. So I've been running a podcast for many years, many, many years. And all the time we're interviewing experts and it's great. It's amazing. But it was not necessarily... Um, depicting or describing or giving people a sense for what we do. So somebody said to me, you should coach people on your podcast. 
And I had all this chatter in my brain and I thought no one's going to want to be on my podcast. Who's going to want to get coached on the podcast live and in person. See, I, I created barriers for myself. That's awesome. Maybe I should do that for SEO. That's a great idea. So I'm like, maybe I should have guests who are interested in really dominating their niche online and I can do a, a live podcast on that that's a great idea thank sure. you sure so, so i started I, I i reformatted my podcast and you're going to be a guest on my podcast amazing right where we coach people live and in person it's called the frame of mind coaching podcast but at amazing. first i'm like i can't do that but then i realized hey you know what i can do that and there are people who want to get coached live and in person and it's a bit challenging but it's awesome it's amazing it really pushes me to be alert and involved and provide huge amount of value. So you got to push yourself a little bit sometimes outside of your comfort zone. That that makes so much sense, right? And just have fun. Everything I do is you got to enjoy it or why do it, right? And you connect with good people, you enjoy every aspect of it, even though sometimes it's challenging and stressful. And yeah. it, it feels like you're not even getting paid to do a lot of these things. It's okay, right? As long as you enjoy the whole motion of failure and successes and mistakes and, you know, that whole journey, right? It's so important. Yeah. Um, in terms of your business, how has technology um, helped you either scale or grow? Um, and during this COVID pandemic, I'm sure that now everything's home-based for you. But how has that really impacted your business? Well, so as I mentioned before, from the very, very beginning, I wanted people to journal in a way where I could read their journals. So at, at first, again, 16 years ago, I made them journal in an online blogging software like blogger.com. And at first it was okay. It was a little hard. It was a little clunky. But then one day a disaster happened because I was coaching this man and he was blogging or journaling about his wife. He didn't say some very nice things about her. And she hacked into his journal and read what he wrote. And I thought to myself, Oh my God, this is the end of my career. It was terrible. Like everything blew up. It was really bad. And that very moment I said, I need to create my own software that has bank level security. Mm. I can't do this. Like, this is too risky. And so I ended up creating a piece of software called Journal Engine. And at first, we were just using it internally. Like, it was just a piece of software for our clients to use where they can journal in a way that's safe, secure, private between them and their coach. Now, it's a piece of software that other coaches, speakers, trainers, people who run courses are using with their own clients. That's awesome. So, uh, you know, software is part of our world. It's, it's what we do as well. It's not just coaching. It's where he, I, me in particular, I'm a huge, huge believer in journaling. I talk about it anytime I can. Uh, it's a massive uh, tool for serious transformation. And so I encourage coaches to use it with their clients. But I encourage anybody out there who wants to reach a goal to start journaling. I, I totally agree. Like I, I started doing a t like in sales, I've always done goal sessions and understanding what my vision is and my weekly, monthly, quarterly goals are. But 
I break it up from business to personal to, you know, my pillars, community, relationship. I, I break it up, right? And yeah. this is what you need to do because when you have a big team, you have so many distractions, you have so much going on in your life, you need that focus, right? And um, it's help for sure, right? It's incredible. Incredible. So tell me um, a little bit about like when you started, did you network much? Did you go out there? join a lot of networking events like how did you grow and scale your business how did i grow so uh so i've studied growth for the past all these years and to really hone in on what are the activities that we can do that help us grow what are they number one is deliver incredible coaching that's first and foremost without that forget about growth yeah right so deliver incredible service product experience that's number one you got to nail that when you do that, your clients will introduce you to other clients. Yeah. So our first form of growth is through referrals. Yeah. The second form of growth is I do a lot of speaking. So historically, I would be on the road doing in-person presentations. Now they're all on Zoom yeah. or virtual presentations. Yeah. But when someone hears me speak, they say, wow, that's interesting. I want to learn more. Can we talk about coaching? So that's been very, very powerful. Of course, podcasts are another way. But now even connecting with people on Zoom, inviting them to the podcast, giving them a taste for what we do, uh, that opens a lot of doors. So what I have discovered is there aren't a million ways to drive leads. And yes, SEO is important. So people who are looking for you can find you, but really decide what your greatest strength is in terms of communication, in terms of lead gen, and focus on those things you do really, really well. For me, walking into a room and just talking to people randomly is not the way, yeah. right? And, and I don't have the bandwidth for that. So it's always one-on-one conversations that are useful or speaking engagements of some kind. Well, you need an uh, engaged audience with your ideal type of person, like if it's business owners or yeah. top performers within that r- group, right? To yeah. actually resonate with the product and service offering that you're offering. So right, exactly. Um, so in terms of I, I'm just going to wrap it up with a couple more questions. But sure. um, in terms of what you your main driver is right now in your life in your career and everything else, right? What are they? Because it seems like you've been doing this for 16 years. Um, what's next? Like, so, what keeps yeah. you going? Yeah. So for, for me, you know, most coaches, executive coaches spend their lives coaching people. And I've coached hundreds of people and I love coaching people. But right now, my focus is on growing the business, right? And while it's definitely scaled, for sure. We've, you know, we have a team of coaches, we're coaching all over the world internationally, we have a very, very wide range of clients. The question is, how do we scale even more? How do we take it up to the next level? So right now, that is my focus. 100% is how do we really grow? How do we touch more lives? And one of the things I mean, you know, the podcast is really interesting, the software is really interesting, but something that's brewing lately underneath it all is that when we coach leaders they not only talk about their businesses they talk about their families and lately over the past one or two years we're coaching more and more young people people in their early 20s people who want to grow personally and professionally earlier in life 
And so for me, it's so interesting to now touch families and to coach young people and to develop perhaps a special offering for a younger generation, right? So I'm, I'm brewing on all of that. That's awesome. Well, it's carving up an, a new niche, right? A new service or a new, uh, you know, just a product offering for someone that might not be your ideal type of client, but there's a demand now and there's, there's no one else filling it. So you might as well carve off that niche and go after it, right? Yeah, so, there's definitely so a demand, sense. 100%. With this pandemic, there's a lot of young people who don't know what's next for them, who exactly. don't know where to go, who are frustrated, anxious, tired, you know, isolated, all those things. So coaching Stress. is a really good fit right now. Yeah, oh, that makes sense. And then uh, aside from business, what are some of the other pillars that are very, very important in your well, life? I have five kids. They're not young anymore. They're all uh, a little bit older and they're all living very, very interesting lives. You know, one is a chef in Montreal. The other one works at L'Oreal in Montreal. The other one's in fourth year at McGill. The other one started a coffee business and he delivers. Hey, do you like coffee? If you like coffee, he delivers coffee two homes. It's called Good Moro Coffee. And the other one's a music producer. So everyone's doing something interesting. Amazing. They keep us entertained. They keep us on our toes. One of them met a girl online during the pandemic. And now they're <laughs> dating. Wow. <laughs> like, That's, you know, yeah. there's always something interesting going on. It's never boring. Sometimes we just want a night off, but it never happens. Well, when you have five kids, you have a business, you have a lot of people that you have to attend to. Um, I mean, that's life, right? You, you're the one who created it for yourself. And this that's is what, right. this is the vision that you had, right? And you're yeah, doing something that you love. So it sounds like you're on the right track. And it sounds like you're loving every minute of it. So it's very I would rich. say... Yeah, I would say continue doing what you're doing. It sounds like you're having so much fun. Um, so tell us, final thoughts. Um, how can some of the listeners get a hold of you, get in touch with you? Tell us a little bit about your URL and about your podcast as well. Okay, so how to get in touch with me. Okay, before that, can we back up? Sure. Is it okay if I give your audience an exercise, a task? Yeah, sure. Can I do that? Okay, so whoever's listening, grab a piece of paper and a pen and write this down. I'm going to give you a journaling assignment. Cool? So it's two questions. Question number one, what do you really, really want more than anything? And there are two reallys for a reason. Because I want you to think about what you truly deeply want, not what somebody else expects of you, not what you think you should want, not what you know, you wanted since you were a kid and so you have no choice. What is it that you truly deeply want? The second question is, so what's stopping you from having what you truly want right now? And write down all the reasons, whatever's getting in the way, write it down and then send it to me. But only for those of you who are bold, my email address is kim at frameofmindcoaching.com and I will personally set up some time to review your responses just me and you. So that's number one. Number two is check us out. It's frameofmindcoaching.com. And we do have a podcast. It's called the Frame of Mind Coaching Podcast. Like, look at everything. Just check it out. Uh, I'm easy to find. That's awesome. Well, thanks a lot. I really appreciate your time, all the great insights and valuable information that you provided. And your journey, your story was 
really, really interesting. So I, I really want to thank you. And when things open up again here in Toronto, we'll catch a bite. We'll, we'll get together for sure because you're down the street. So For sure. You'll take me for Vietnamese food. How's that? I know a ton of great places. In Amazing. GTA. I can't wait. <laughs> Amazing. Well, thanks a lot, Kim. It was great to meet you. Thank you so much for having me on your show. It was such a wonderful opportunity. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for listening to our latest podcast. Please subscribe to Local SEO Today and tune in to our next episode.